Hello, everyone. Uh, good afternoon. Um, welcome to welcome back to class. Uh, welcome to semester four. This will be session three, uh, sociology, uh, speaking on the family of God and the origin of a uh, human family. Um, for the past uh, two sessions, uh, we've been discussing God's plan for the family and the origin of where he wanted it to begin and how he wants it to function and the and the idea of keeping it pure. Um, what we're going to be talking about in this session today or tonight is uh, the idea of the productivity of marriage. So God's idea of what he wants out of it spiritually and what he wants out of it physically. So the spiritual attribute, of course, is sanctification, purity, and keeping it to where the marriage bed and what is done in the marriage bed sexually is between just the man and just the woman in marriage and no one else. So in other words, nothing outside of that bounds. Um, that's how you keep your marriage pure is it, you stay focused on your wife, you stay focused on your husband, and all of those sexual needs are met in that place of holiness in that marriage. Um, what we're talking about now is what comes out of that. Um, and what's going to come out of that is offspring. And so we're going to be discussing what that looks like. So if you have your booklets uh, and your Bibles, let's get into it. So we are in semester four, session three, and we're talking about um, the productivity of marriage. Um, the three scriptures that we're going to base this off of is Genesis chapter nine, verse one, Psalm 127, verse three through five, and Genesis 1, 27 through 28. So those are going to be our foundation scriptures based on uh, what God is looking at when he says productivity in the human family. So if you have a booklets, let's just dive right in. <clears throat> so the basis of productivity, the productivity of marriage, excuse me, uh, the basis on this is that God's plan for marriage is to raise godly children, godly offspring, okay? That, that is what God wants physically out of your union with your spouse. He, he's as much as it is uh, for pleasure, as much as it is that you get pleasure out of it, the, the idea of it, he says, I want offspring. I want humanity to grow in number. That's why, again, when we started this uh, session and series, uh, we talked about how the command to both the male and the female was to go and multiply. He says, be fruitful and multiply. That word fruitful has to do with the productivity of the marriage itself. The multiplication has to do of where it goes with it. And so he says, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. And so, so this productivity of the family structure is within the plan of God that you must bring forth offspring. There must be a multiplication of yourself. There must be a multiplication of male and female across the world. He says, I want more of you. So get married, do it under covenant, and then multiply. Go out and actually have offspring. And so this is where we find Genesis 1, 28. God blessed them 
and said to them, be fruitful and increase in numbers. That word numbers, numerology, uh, to increase in size. So get out of your boundaries. It's not just within the small margin where you are. He says, get out from your boundaries, break the mold. He says, increase in numbers, fill the earth and subdue it. That, that is what we have, what we call productivity. And so at one point, raising children was considered the pinnacle of marriage and, and, and revered by all. Uh, and, and this must be taken a note of. Back in the day, that was the pinnacle of marriage, was really covenant with each other, getting to know one another, and then really deciding and together deciding we're going to have a family. And we were raised those kids in the fear and in the, in the reverence to God. And so back in the day, that was kind of the pinnacle. Now it has changed. Now we find it to be more career-based. Now it's found to be more even sexualized, more than it should be. And so we have now lost the, the fruitfulness and the productivity of marriage. Now it's just about paying bills and just sticking it out together. That's not, that's not what God really originated. He wanted there to be thriving in the marriage where you're getting to know one another. There's so much to be had in that. And then, of course, deciding where you're going to raise family and, and looking at the future and looking forward to the future. That is what God intended, the fruitfulness and the increasing in number. And so at one point we were that way, but things have now shifted and changed. And the ultimate killjoy for a married couple, uh, and even now what it's looked at now is that sometimes even for society is to have children. Now it has become more of a burden than actual joy. And, and that is a shame because it should not be. Children are not burdens. They are the delight of God's heart and they are the treasure by which God gifts a marriage with because you are now raising the next generation, not just of humanity, but the next generation of sons and daughters in, in God's eyes. And so, so children are, the Bible says in Psalms, the heritage of God. And so he values that. He values the productivity of marriage because you are giving him back what he gave you, and that is life. And so one of the keys and very uh, big keys difference uh, between angels and mankind is that the fact that God made man to procreate, to create new beings as he did. Uh, when a couple uh, re re uh, relinquishes the prospect of having children for, for a job or for a hobby or for the freedom to do other things besides the, the marriage covenant, they are missing out on one of the greatest and most awesome desires of God for marriage. Um, and that is to see the next generation both serve him and live long lives. This is further supported by, by what God said through the prophet Malachi. Um, Malachi 2.15, it says, Has not the Lord made them one? In flesh and spirit, they are his. And why? Why one? Because he, uh, he was seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. I'm just going to read that again. Yeah. It says, has not the Lord made them one? One in flesh and in spirit, they are his. And why one in spirit? 
because he was keep seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. See, that, that's what God is looking for. And so, yes, enjoy yourself. Yes, delight your heart in, in, in your family and in that marriage. But, but ultimately, God says, but I'm looking for offspring. I'm looking for, for the next generation to grow up and see my goodness and my faithfulness. And so give me back what I've given you. I give you life. I, I give you now and put you in this, in this area of relationship and fellowship with this woman. Now give me back life. I've given you life. Restore life. The passage clarifies God's command for people to be fruitful and multiply in Genesis 1.28. Uh, it is not just children he wants, but godly children. He wants children who are holy and driven to see the kingdom of God advance. One of the parents' uh, highest purposes is to teach their children the Bible, to help them grow in character and to help them find their spiritual gifts and calling in serving the Lord. Okay, that's the important part. God's word backs this up. Genesis 9.1, Genesis 35.11. In Psalm 127, 3 through 5, it says, And God blessed Noah and his sons. Uh, this is Genesis 9, 1. Uh, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Genesis 35, 11 says, And God said to him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from your own body that is speaking to Abraham and to Sarah, his wife. And then, of course, Psalm 127, 3 through 5 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gate. See, so ch children are to be cherished. Children are to be a reward to you by God in your marriage. And so when the enemy comes in with strife, when the enemy comes in with all forms of neglect and abuse and all these different things that shatters a, a marriage and shatters the, the identity of a child, that is what the enemy is after. He is after their identity because he wants them to be orphaned. He wants them to be estranged from their family value, because if he knows that these children are brought up the right way, they will bring damage to his kingdom and bring glory to God. And so this is where you get childhood trauma. This is where you get depression. This is where you get sexual abuse. This is where you get all these different uh, things that come into a family and ruin the family structure because the enemy is after the identity of the marriage. He's after the identity of the family, that God does not get what he wants. But of course, as the Bible declares, God works all things for the good. And so eventually you find where God brings in the working of the Holy Spirit to bring healing and restoration in those areas so that people can come back to their found first, first found love, which is in Christ. And so, so there is this working of God in that. But that is what God is after. And this is the word of God to really back it up. So as we come to a close of this course, um, I leave you with these two things, um, these three scriptures. Um, the two I will give you as homework, which would be Genesis 127, 
through 28, if you read that in full, and then Deuteronomy 35, so uh, chapter 30, verse 5. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 5 says, And the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed, that you may possess it also. Uh, and he will make you more precious and prosperous and numerous than your fathers. That is a promise of God for the next generation, for your sons and daughters. There's there's always an, an amount of doubling of a blessing where you think that you're prosperous and you think that God has really blessed you. God wants to bless your children and your grandchildren even more than that. See, it's always generational. And so, so it's important to really realize that God is looking to bless you generationally and genealogy. Um, to where you actually carry that on in your heart and in your physical body. And so when he's speaking this, uh, Moses is speaking to the children of Israel. He says it's it's a natural thing. It's not just spiritual. That God chooses to bless you both now and for your children after you, um, which is amazing. And then lastly, um, the promise comes also with a warning. Okay, so yes, there is a blessing, and yes, there is favor on these things, but when God does these things, there's always human choice. And so when there's human will involved, God both gives both the blessing, and he also gives a warning of what will happen if you divert from that. And so this is the, the promise and warning. It's in 1 Timothy 5, uh, verse 4 and verse 8. It says, but if a widow uh, has children or grandchildren, they should first lean, uh, learn to fulfill their duty toward their own household and so repay their parents what is owed them. For this is what pleases God. But if someone does not provide for his own, for his own, especially his own family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's promise and warning. Okay, so for those who are taking notes, it's a promise and a warning. What's the promise? The promise is in verse 4. He says, but if a widow has children uh, and grandchildren, they should first learn to fulfill their duty toward their own household and so repay their parents what is owed them. So in other words, you will have blessing in that, and that pleases God. So that's a promise. It pleases God when he sees all these things happen. Okay, it's amazing, and so so God pleases, uh, God is pleased to see that God's pleased and will continue to bless you if you put your family first in that. And He says, but the warning is, but if you sidetrack that, and if you don't do that, He says, then you're worse than an unbeliever, and that's terrible. So one thing to to understand and one thing to take a note of is, will you live in promise? Or will you live um, in disobedience? Okay. Will you take care of your family and put your and and do what God is actually calling you to do in that marriage and in that family, or will you choose other? And if you choose another way, then understand that the warning that God gives is that you will be seen and treated as an unbeliever, and and worse than that, because what you have denied now the faith, and you've now done wrong. So something to think about. All right. 
that concludes um, course three. Uh, excuse me, uh, uh, session four, um, and I am I'm excited to see what God does um, with the rest of this course as you continue to do your homework and you continue to seek Him. Um, I pray that He um, that He encourages your heart to go deeper in a lot of these scriptures that we've been reading, um, and how that value uh, is shown both in your own life as well as in the life of others, um, to where that can be an encouragement for them as well. So God bless you. Uh, thank you for joining us for this session. This concludes uh, semester four, course four, and uh, we will see you in the next course. God bless you, and uh, have a good night.